Hello and welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico see all the ways that you could save. It is Tuesday, February 14th, and I am here with my sweethearts, Field Yates and Mike Clay. <laughs> see what you did there. Happy Valentine's Day to both of you. Thanks, man. Happy Valentine's Day. It's Happy nice Valentine's to see both of your faces. Day. I yeah. actually kicked you off of the last two shows so that Liz Lowe's and I could hang out I just know. for a little Upgrade. bit. Upgrade. Yeah, mm. so now I'm, I'm back with the uh, back with the boys for a little bit. How mm. you guys been? It's been two weeks since I've really seen you. I'm good. I just spent nine days in Florida at, uh, at, at Disney. Disney. Yeah, you at did. Disney World, and we had a great time. The girls always love it down there, so uh, just had a great time meeting all, you know. Zoe, Zoe loves Frozen and... Got to see the Frozen show. I meet Anna and Elsa and Olaf. And Wait, you got great. to meet Olaf? I did. I got to meet him. <laughs> How was it? It was, big time. It, was, it was great. It was great. Daniel's flush right rides. I love Olaf, that Gar- guy. Yeah, you love him? Yeah. yeah. New Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. Right. Did that a couple yeah. times. So. Didn't uh, Splash Mountain get shut down recently? It is, it, it is no more. It's gone. It's going to be did a Tiana ride. Before... Nope. It, was, it closed like the week before we got down there. Wow. So. I saw like a water from the Splash Mountain ride was selling on eBay. So, like, <laughs> as much as the sand from <laughs> Tom Brady's retirement. Brady retirement. I, I saw that too. By but the way, have uh... you guys ever heard the story about how, and I don't know if this is true or not, and I apologize to him. Not, I can't imagine he listens, but to how Jim Nance, legendary broadcaster, mm-hmm. apparently carries around in his pocket at all times a piece of how he prefers his toast toasted. It's like, oh, when, so when he goes to a restaurant, especially in the mornings, obviously, and he gets toast, he's like, I want it this crispy, right? The crisp that you have on your face right now, like you are the perfect level of tan right now. Yeah. Like, okay. Is that right? You don't look little, like yeah. you've been in the booth for a week. Mm-mm. You uh-huh. look like you also don't look ghostly mm-hmm. like the rest of us who live in Connecticut do exactly. around this time of the year. It was perfect tan for you. Well, the Jim you. Nance tan. Yeah. It was a little, uh, it was a little warm down there and I started to get a little red. Start, the burn started to come. So okay. I got some, yeah. went, bought some kids lotion from the store at Art of Animation, threw it on there uh, and made it through the week. So I'm not on fire. No, you're right, not a little right. robster. So, but lobster. We, uh, we had a good time. And by the way, I might uh, I might be winding down my time on the pod because I'm just saying I went to uh, Hoopty Doo Review. It's a fun oh. little show they do, a dinner show for kids. And I got called up on the stage, did a lot of acting with the crew. Wow. Uh, kind of improv acting. And yeah. they gave me some lines and stuff to do while I was up there. So I don't know. Did might, you get off a gig or no? Uh, not yet, but I'm just assuming like it's coming. You know, hey, I, I waiting for it, someone so. to reach out. I, we're expecting a phone call. <laughs> What's the footage leaks out there? People, people see it. Yeah, I know, right? Out. So yeah. exactly. I, I just assume so. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. We're going to dive no, into not. all the fun things with that. Really quickly, we'll console Mike about it. And then we're also going to jump into our way too early 2023 quarterback yes. rankings, which will be a ton of fun. But first yeah. and foremost, let's just talk about the game, guys. Congratulations to the Chiefs, first yeah, of all. You know, Mike is, I'll do this part, Mike, because I'm sure this is not fun uh, mm-hmm. for you to discuss, but two in four years is a remarkable mm-hmm. accomplishment. Three appearances in four years is a remarkable accomplishment. This team overcame a lot in the weeks of the playoff. Obviously, their best player playing on basically one leg in Patrick Mahomes. Uh, when you have Mahomes, you have a chance. And uh, in a year in which they traded away their probably third most valuable player, Tyreek Hill, uh, the Chiefs found a way, and just an incredible, incredible run by them, and deserved champions. Uh, they weathered the storm in the first half and came back down by ten at halftime, and the Chiefs found a way, which has been sort of the story of their time with Patrick Mahomes. No lead is safe against them, and clutch performances are kind of how we define a player's career. And Patrick Mahomes in the second half was thirteen of fourteen with two passing touchdowns, and probably more importantly. 30 rushing yards, including a 26-yard scamper that in some ways felt like kind of the play in which I felt like the momentum shifted directly Mm -hmm. into Kansas City's Mm -hmm. favor. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm with you. Congrats to the Chiefs. You know, a lot of of love for that franchise. That's kind of my, 
I don't know if he could say this, right? Like you have a team you love, but kind of my AFC team, right? I grew up a fan of the history of the NFL, the Dallas Texans, Hank Stram, Len Dawson, all of them. Uh, Obviously, Andy Reid had a long tenure with Philadelphia. Love him, and he's with, with, uh, with Kansas City now. So congratulations to them for sure. But this was tough for sure, and right. I think the main reason for that is the way the first half went. You know, yeah. when you are just imposing your – it's easy to forget after you watch the second half, but the Eagles were clearly dominating they that were, game at the half. I mean, yeah. that was a bigger than a 10-point game. Totally. It was really that, that fumble by Hertz that got returned for a touchdown. Could have easily been a 17, 20, 24-point game at the half. So to just play and if you say that the Chiefs had a perfect second half offensively, the Eagles had quite the opposite. They were not ready for them. They were not prepared in the second half to try to defend them. Couldn't get pressure on Mahomes, and it all fell apart. So that was a tough one to swallow because they they were the better team for at least half of that game, yeah. and they lost. So t- to lose it that way was was tough. Okay, so I feel like what we just covered was like we did the I did the sort of like the diplomatic congratulations Chiefs like remark uh-huh. like the stuff that like the commissioner of the NFL says after he gives them their trophy. Right, Mike did the like you know the I have too much integrity to really complain Eagles fan side. Do we get to do the real reaction sound? Can we talk about the okay. holding call? Yeah. Okay, now let's we can talk about the right. holding call. Start with that one. Go <laughs> yeah. for it. You go first. Because yeah. I feel like the game was, so, this was such an unbelievable Super Bowl. Yeah. So many points were scored, whether or not you loved, you were into football or not, or you're just watching it for the first time at a Super Bowl party. This was a fun game to watch, period, because there was so much scoring. There was so much offense. There was just a lot going on. 458 minutes. And then it gets to like those final two minutes. And it's like, really, after all that, it feels like this is going to come in and impact what has been such an incredible game. And it, to me, it felt like that call. And it's just one of those things. Officiating is not perfect. You hate to put everything on one person or anything like that. But it, it just felt like that. That was such a monumental shift in how that game had been. going. You know what it was? It's all season long. Whenever field was like, you know what? This guy scored a touchdown in six straight uh-huh. games. He's mm-hmm. crushing it. I'm riding him. I'm starting him. I don't care if he's seeing three targets a game. And I'm and then I step in with the buzzkill yeah. role, yeah. play that Buzz Killington role, and shut it all down and say he can't sustain this. That's what that's what happened. That's with that what happened. Yeah. Right when he threw that yeah. flag, it was that buzzkill. No, it just totally crushed. was. Like, let's it, be fans for a second because we all we are all fans of this game. And obviously, Mike is a huge fan of the Eagles, mm-hmm. right? And like. I have some skin in the game. I work for the Chiefs. I have a ton of friends that are still there right now. One of which, by the one of my, one of the people that I was hired with the first year that I was in Kansas City, Nick Sirianni. We got there the same time. So, like you know, I've got, I, I certainly have loved to see the work that he has done. And mm-hmm. I thought he coached a darn near perfect game. Mm-hmm. I thought he was absolutely masterful oh, yeah. the entire game. Um, but the holding call, I don't care where. Like it's hard to stomach that as a fan. Yeah. And I was saying this to our, our director, Brian, before the show, who's also an Eagles fan, mm-hmm. is that by the letter of the law, it's a, it's a hold, right? Again, and James Banbury, James Bradbury admitted it, but... Yeah, by the way, can I just touch on that for a second? I, there's a lot... Like, I, I tweeted about that a couple of times, how fury, you know, furious I was about that call, and a lot of the... Uh, the you know, the, the text I got and the replies later on Twitter was, oh, he admitted it after the game, it was old. I didn't need him to. I saw the play. I saw the replay 19 times. Clearly, he grabbed his jersey. I already knew that part. Like, what does that change? That's not the point, right? The point was the context, which you're good. I'll I'll let you continue to say is that like it's not about the letter of the law and whether it says whether that says it's a holding or not. It's that 
the flow of the game, right. other than things like pre-snap penalties or penalties that are clearly objective, such as there was an early offensive pass interference call on Zach Pascal. The rule states that you are only allowed to be blocking within one yard of the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage or else it is an offensive pass interference. It was five yards down the field and he was blocking the Chiefs defensive back. That's obvious. There is no like, yep. ooh, gray area, no gray mm-hmm. area. Five mm-hmm. yards is not one yard. It's four yards more. The holding call, there's the old adage in football. You can call holding on every play. And it felt like the way in which they had called the game Uh throughout the first 58 or so minutes was that when there was an obvious penalty, we're going to call it. Mm -hmm. But they were going to give a bit of leeway. And by the way, it did not impact the game up to that point. I was not thinking about the refs Mm -hmm. much up to that point. So I think that was probably Mm -hmm. the reason why that penalty is so magnified on top of the circumstances, right? Two minutes to go. And it basically gives the chiefs a chip shot field goal to win the game. Um, That was a problem. And then, you know, we, I'm sure fans uh, have, have all waited on this themselves, but let's do it. Let's do it on this show. It's like, don't you just wish the, the players got better as far as playing surface was concerned? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. $800,000 were spent on that playing surface. And there are some things that are different about a playing surface in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Specifically, there are way more logos. Uh, there is the Super Bowl logo, which is much bigger than any other logo you will see. Uh, beyond that, there are advertisements and things of that nature. Players were slip sliding left and right. And this has nothing to do with whether it impacted the Eagles more than the Chiefs. It no. has everything to do with the fact that they just deserve better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like separate and apart from the fact that it's the biggest stage of the NFL season every year, like these guys are playing with their health and safety on the line every single play. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we've learned the other side of that this year. There were no major injuries that I can think of off the top of my head that at least we know about as of yet from the Super Bowl. But like just takes one guy sliding the wrong way on his knee to have a serious injury. And all of a sudden we're talking about that playing surface more. I just felt like the players deserved better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. And what year is it? Like this has been going on for how long now? Like, I think we're far enough along now that we should have fields kind of locked down by now. I mean, this has happened actually, believe it or not in NASCAR as well with cars sliding through the grass and fields. And if it's, you know, it's not this like new turf, they're catching the grass and flipping over that kind of stuff. It's just like, Man, it's like what you're just 2023. Like this way, should be the, solved by now. The last thing that I'll say on on the grass is that there are two stadiums that utilize the mechanism in which the field was grown for the Super Bowl. And what basically for those that didn't see this, here's how it goes: is that field can be rolled out of the stadium every single morning. They literally roll it out mm-hmm. at like 10 a.m., let it soak in the sun for three or four hours to get the natural sunlight, and then roll it back in. And the temperature controlled throughout the rest of the day. There's only one other state in the NFL that has that technology, that hardware, I guess I would call it, installed. Las Vegas Raiders Stadium, Allegiant Stadium. Where is the Super Bowl being played next year? Mm-hmm. Allegiant Stadium. Stadium. <laughs> so get ready for that storyline to rear itself once again in about a year. But, um, you know, a remarkable game. And if we mm-hmm. want to talk about player takeaways, Daniel, I guess we can. Like, I, I, just, I really quickly want to say this, and we can talk about all the good guys. I thought the Chiefs did an unbelievable job. One of the things I talked about on tailgate leading into this is who is going to be the guy outside of Travis Kelsey that the Chiefs are going to find. And, you know, Liz's prop on Juju Smith-Schuster hit. She took the over on three and a half. He came through and was great. But finding Sky Moore and that Kadarius Tony touchdown was was mm-hmm. really nice. Being able to like Corn the Eagles dog, defense right? just Corn got dog, yeah. it looked like they were confused. Yeah. It was fantastic. So being able to see those two guys get in the end zone. Yeah. 
I feel like Mahomes just did what he's been doing all year long, where it's I'm going to rely on my main guy and then spread it around to whoever it is that's open at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's going to be the formula for them going forward, uh, at least until they find another alpha to go alongside Travis Kelsey, because even though Kelsey is awesome, like at some point the clock is going to strike midnight on Kelsey's mm-hmm. prime or whatever you want to call this stage of his career right now. And uh, while they have players that are certainly talented this year, they do not have that guy that was like an unquestioned A.J. Brown type wide receiver on their offense and they still found a way. So Mahomes finished with 182 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. Yeah, we were talking about this before the game. If you just saw the box score without the touchdowns or the score, you'd be like, oh, well, the man. Eagles yeah. won this Eagles easily. Won. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They had to have gotten a couple sacks, right? 81 and they, yards for Kelsey, didn't. 182 yards for Mahomes. You'd take yeah. that every day How do you feel about week? Pacheco heading into next year? Like, is this kid, yeah. I mean, obviously, the, the I would assume the Chiefs are going to continue to, you know, add pieces to this running back room, but he's looked fan, he looked fantastic this entire playoff run. Yeah, so under contract for them uh, among players who are on the, the 53, essentially, are Pacheco, uh, and Clyde Edwards, Elaire, who may not make the team next oh, year, he's a healthy yeah. scratch for this yeah. game. Obviously, he is disappointed. Derek McKinnon's a free agent. Ronald Jones is a free agent. So, uh, you I'd know, be surprised I, uh, if either were back, only yeah. because I think McKinnon's market's going to be robust enough after a great regular season that the Chiefs they have to make hard decisions when you're the Super Bowl champ because you have a ton of you good think players. A, a big market for McKinnon? I think we'll have a reason. Well, put it this way: not like. We have so many running backs that are exactly, going to pay yeah. this off season, yeah. but enough that like even a three and a half million dollar per year contract might be just the Chiefs may just be saying to themselves, we found him for for scrap heap minimum, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe we just go find ourselves the next Jarek McKinnon because there will be one available. Yeah, I've got Pacheco for basically a scrap heap minimum. Exactly, seventh right? round pick. Yeah, so uh, he's going to be an interesting player as far as rankings for next year uh, because he was extremely effective on the ground. Should be their one next year, at least as a runner. But do you, uh, the, how often the, do you expect 22 carries in a game from a Chiefs running back? Though? Yeah, probably not. I mean, if anyone, it would be him. But uh, also the passing game work, right? No like he, game work, yeah. he had that one game where he had like, what, five, six five targets. Six catches, Otherwise, yeah. it was he was back to zero in yeah. this game, you know? So yeah. he's going to be a tough one. Uh, we'll spend a lot of time on him in the offseason, obviously. But I do expect them to add some help for him, for sure. Uh, just my final thought on the game. I, I don't want to bog down on this too much. You know, Patrick Mahomes, brilliant, <clears throat> remarkably brilliant. I feel so lucky to have the chance to watch him. Um, you know, Tom Brady just retired recently. And I think the only player that uh, has any chance, and it's still so early, it's such a far way away. But when you have two in your first five seasons, the only player that we can even mention utter in the same breath as potentially, potentially at one point, you know, sort of coming close to some of Tom Brady's records. And there's still a ton of work to do, to be yeah. very clear. It's Patrick Mahomes. That's how special he is. Um, but Jalen Hurts, man, you were freaking awesome. So and Jalen yeah. Hurts, such a warrior, man, unbelievable leader on top of unbelievable player and just First quarterback ever with three rushing touchdowns and a Super Bowl threw the ball extremely well down the field, had an absolute seed to A.J. Brown for that long play early. Um, just what a year for for Jalen Hurts. Couldn't be more excited for the future for him in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's rare for non-first-round quarterbacks to turn into superstars, and Hurts is that guy. Like yeah. He is a legit star. He's going to get paid and he should. He's great. I, you know, I get a little nervous about him, including from a fantasy perspective, because of all the work he does at the goal line and between the tackles. But uh, he is yeah, as hard a worker as they come, and, and he deserves it. He, they found a star in him, and he's going to be back, I think. Uh, so obvi- I'm with you. Deserves a lot of praise. He had an outstanding game. He had that, obviously had that one fumble in the first half, but he more than made up for that and added value in that game. Uh, and also, a shout-out for Howie Roseman, who, man, that guy gets picked on so much over the years with the whole the Chip Kelly thing and obviously the Justin Jefferson thing. This guy right here, though, Howie Roseman, but, did this guy right yeah. here? 
This AJ Brown, man, he, he is elite, elite. Like no one's gonna be perfect. You know, he can't predict the future. He's gonna Never. make some mistakes. Yeah. He is unbelievable. Had a great off season. All the little things like Hassan Reddick and James Bradbury and the trade. You know, years ago the trade for Darius Slay. You mentioned the trade of the first for AJ Brown. You, uh, uh, Jordan Mailata, a left tackle. Yep. What a home run pick that was to find a superstar left tackle like that. The guy just knows how to construct a team, and he's a cap guy too, more yeah. than a, an, a, an evaluator. So it's it's the whole team there. But well, I mean, what a team! They top to bottom, probably the best team in the NFL this season. I mean, just, they just were loaded everywhere, and they deserve to be. Regardless of what the 49ers say, the the Eagles deserve to be there. They were a powerhouse team, dominated teams all season long, uh, and Howie deserves a lot of praise. Because what uh, what a team building effort here again by him yeah. and they have the 10th overall pick in the draft in the yes. trade they made, made last year with the saints which Unreal. worked out brilliantly yeah. everybody kind of at the time was like what was new orleans thinking now we feel even stronger about that last last thought for me because you mentioned it is um couldn't be more impressed with the way the eagles in defeat handled themselves mm-hmm. and started nick sirianni who went to the podium after losing the biggest game of his life obviously and made it very clear not about one call we, we there are 120 or some odd plays every single game and that was not the play that won or lost it for us and yep. that emanated throughout the rest of the roster james bradbury said it was a hold every player jalen hurts obviously they were all remarkable and mm-hmm. as you said mike like i know stefani's not here maybe she would defend her guys Glad she's not but yeah. <laughs> no but like we spent two weeks hearing from the eagles uh, from the 49ers that team is trash yada 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 mm-hmm. like trash embarrassing they almost won the super bowl and by the way i know that you're your quarterback cutter but they, they hung 31 on you right yeah. like i just what's what's the point like what was the point of sitting there trashing them like you're going to see them again next year most likely yep you're going to see them at least in a regular season game and maybe again mm-hmm. in the postseason and if you don't think jalen hurts has got that one written down I think mm-hmm. you are gravely mistaken. So I think there's something to be said for losing with integrity. I'm in with class. you. I'm yeah. with you. How about and Debo even after this one saying, see, I told you so on Bradbury. Yeah. Man, you're watching the game from home. Like he's playing in the Super Bowl yeah. and the weak Eagles sauce. perimeter defense has been weak elite. Sauce. They, weak sauce. Weak sauce. Weak. So yeah. weak. That, no. that hurt. You know, I like a lot of them players, a lot of, of respect course. for no, them. No, but that's not what this is about. That was this a rough, about, rough yeah. couple of weeks, man. I, I just... I wonder if there's a way to win and lose a class. The Chiefs Uh won with complete class. I mean, the same thing, right? They were incredibly effusive of their praise. Patrick Holmes after the game, just speaking such kind words about Jalen Hurts and everybody, right? Um, And the respect was obvious those two weeks leading up to the game and Mm -hmm. after the game as well. Um, And I just felt like that uh, that deserved to mention. I want to close this whole Super Bowl conversation out with, I had a few bets on a few things. I don't oh, know if you guys right? had any props on anything. These must like be all, these, these were all football related, I assume. Most of them were football related. Well, here's the no. thing. Earlier in the week, my first prop was that Field Yates would hit a million Twitter followers mm-hmm. before the Super Bowl. Nailed and guess it. what happened? <laughs> I cashed on that one. Congratulations, Field Yates. I'm coming for you now. I'm coming. And then, and then number two, it was first song by Rihanna. I think, Presley, do we have a clip of me calling? Let's let's see if we can roll that, because people don't believe it actually happened. happened. Wait, we no don't way this. This actually Why would we happened, have this? Right? No way it actually happened. I mean, it almost seems like it really happened. What about the first Rihanna song at halftime? <clears throat> Girl better have my money. Hold on now. For those of you that <laughs> are watching version. the live stream... Yes, I'm wearing the same shirt. So how do we know that that <laughs> I was bought it actually... 10 days ago? We've watched it between now and then. I just like no, wearing no, no, it. No, Presley it's, told it's, me. It's I, not about the fact that you watch it. You're allowed to wear a shirt as much as you want. I just, you know, could you, could you have at least come into the show today like bare chested and just... I should have to make it look like make I didn't take like that didn't. earlier on. Yeah. I promise you I called that in last week. It's such a fun song. Anyways, 
I thought that oh, was really crazy. I mean, I, I went 4 0 on football props for the Super Bowl. So, I you know, mean, you I'll know, tell you what. The ones that matter, actually, all, to the people watching. All of my bets did not cash because I had Eagles in all of Eagles' money line and all of them, <laughs> except for one in which I listened to our friend, Earmuffs Mike Clay, Tyler Fulgham, ah. who said, Go with the octopus in this one. Oh yeah, that happened. The octopus pick. Yeah, I oh, wow. I put down uh, I put down a little bit of money on the octopus, and it came out. Octopus is obviously a player gets a touchdown, obviously. and then also, people don't know this. It's also obvious. gets the two point conversion. So Jalen Hurts got a rushing touchdown, oh, and then got also it. got the two point conversion. Same play. That's eight points. So an octopus for Jalen Hurts. Mm. Wow, nice job by you. Thank you. Did you Bye, guys Tyler. do any? Uh, did you guys do any props on on Super Bowl? Yeah, I did. Did all right. Four zero. We did them on Daily Wager. Tyler Tyler gave me a hard time wow. the whole time. Yeah. I'm just saying, I got them all, Tyler. What else is new? Just, you know, picking up where we left off. All regular season long on fantasy football now. So There is no yeah. off-season in the feud between you and Tyler. No, right? no, I don't think no, it's all. Not at all. Never not at all. My never only ends. prop was over <laughs> under four and a half Miller Lite strength in the first half. Cash the over. Cash the you know over what? on that. Yeah, let's go. We'll be, love, love, love Miller Lite. Uh, I did not drink at all during the Super Bowl. I just tried to keep an even head for this one. It was the Eagles. I just wanted to be fully focused, so. Yeah, I did not believe it or not. That's I was incredible. fully focused too. I got pizza and wings, and there you go. That's, that was yeah. enough. That's yeah. the way to do it. Yeah. Well, we are going to talk a little bit about Mike Clay's way too early quarterback rankings now that the Super Bowl has passed us by. But first, Field, in honor of our Super Bowl friends, why hmm. don't you uh, kick us off with a live read? Okay, if oh, I would, fact, if I had it, I'll tell you, you what. Maybe his. Mike Clay will do it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> hmm? This one? Yeah, do that one. Okay. All right, speaking of. We're out of, we are just so out of I thought I right said now. field, because you're the one that brought it up. Michael's yeah, a he's slow play. Yeah. All right, well, speaking of uh, Miller Lite, from holiday gatherings and office parties to fireside conversations and championship Sundays, winter means more moments with the coolest people in your life. Make these moments even better with Miller Lite, the great tasting light beer for people who love beer. A new year is a perfect time for friends, family, and a great tasting light beer. It's Miller time. Dependable. Dependable flavor means your beer tastes like beer. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just great beer for people who like beer. The right balance between taste and lightness means you get to spend more time drinking with friends and less time thinking about what you're drinking. Because when you're having a great time, you'll reach for a beer that's reliable. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com slash FFF to find delivery options near you or... You can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere. They sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounces. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? I would. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like when insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with your homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways that you can save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. All right. All right. We are going to dive into Mike Clay's way too early 2023 quarterback rankings. We're going to talk about where or actually I'm really interested in this because the two quarterbacks that we had, I think you can make a case for any one of them, either Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes for that top spot. Before or we get a couple into, other entries, Josh, Josh Allen, Josh Allen of course. Yeah. I'm just saying, we just talked to him, just talking about the Super Bowl. Yeah. Before oh, right. I, okay. I jump into that, though, philosophically, Mike and I are going to be different on this part. I'm pumped. I'm pumped about that. I'm excited to talk about some of these differences. Yeah. What is not listed in here are any of the rookie quarterbacks, oh. obviously. And if you have mm -hmm. not heard or watched any college football, 
Phil Jates, you were doing a podcast every single week, every yeah. Wednesday at 1 p.m. with Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay. It's great. There are four quarterbacks that could go inside the top 10 this year. Yeah, there are. Uh, Bryce Young. This is no particular order, but Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and also mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson. I had the chance to spend some time uh, out in Arizona with both Bryce Young and Will Levis. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not making this observation as far as like what their football skill set is or is not, but... I can't. I'm just like still blown away by the contrast in physical stature. Bryce Young is my size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will Levis is six foot five, two hundred and by thirty pounds. Will Levis, by the way, local guy. He's from Middletown, Connecticut. Uh, I, I went that. to Wesleyan. He played a high school ball uh, right like there. It's like a minute away from Wesleyan campus. So I uh, love to see his success both uh, yeah. here at Kentucky and I'm sure uh, at the NFL level eventually as well. We couldn't quite get him to commit to Wesleyan. He chose Penn State <laughs> first uh, and then he transferred to Kentucky. But uh, he'll always have a piece of Central Connecticut in his heart. Uh, but both incredibly uh, impressive young men. Uh, it'll be a great couple of months ahead for the pre-draft process. But uh, all four of them, I think, have a real chance to uh, be drafted somewhere in the first round. Richardson's probably the most interesting prospect out mm-hmm. of those four. He might be one of those quarterbacks that needs a redshirt year. It was a tough year for him this year at mm-hmm. Florida. But if you did like a YouTube video and it was like top 10 plays from each of them in college and just ranked them based off of that, Richardson's oh, yeah. off the charts. His upside His is sizzle reel crazy. Is. It's yeah. absurd. I don't even know who to compare it to because it's phenomenal. If if he hits his, his ceiling, he might like he has MVP upside in any league he plays in. He's just that talented. Yeah. I just started working on that, you know, combine draft prep. And uh, I think he has 13 career starts. Yeah. Right. So you just see guys like that. It's yeah. just uh, I think it was like Mitch Trubisky was kind of in a similar. Davis Mills, yeah. Mitch Trubisky, the only yeah, two guys that are like, kind of close that have been drafted of, in the first three rounds. Not right. Great right. Comps. Right. So. No. Um, no. No. Yeah. no. So uh, well, crazy upside. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I'm with you. I think probably a, a year on the bench or be, half a year on the bench, that if, kind of thing. But if Detroit uh, or Seattle wanted to take the long view with their, with their top, their yeah, premium picks they have yeah. from other teams yep. and say, Hey, Gino's the guy for now, but two years from now we can hand the keys off to Anthony Richardson. That to me would be the, the perfect sort of dynamic for him. Because I think if you send him to Indianapolis at pick four, and you need him to start right away for a team that wants to win next year might be a tougher transition. In my yeah, opinion. I'm with you. And by the way, uh, you, you kind of touched on it because there's none in our top 12 R- rookie quarterbacks, rarely uh, fantasy starters, yep. right? That's uh, unless they're running a lot, that's pretty much the only path to it, which some of these guys can, yep. right? It's, it's possible we'll see where they end up. Maybe not, there's uh, a, but yeah, that's these just, are late round flyers and super flex options. Most likely the guys we're talking about, but obviously we'll do a lot of, Yep. Talk with those guys as draft prep rolls on. And just like Mike is doing his draft prep, like I said, go and check out First Draft every Wednesday mm-hmm. at 1 p.m. Really on YouTube, fun. everywhere yeah. on video, and then you can listen to it everywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep. All right, Mike, let's just jump in. Let's start with the top 12. Do you mind? Okay. Let's um, let's work your, our way back. Well, the only philosophical thing I want to mention is just that I know Mike is going to continue to be patient with quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the draft. I'm a little bit more of a sucker for recency bias. And when I identify as we get through the offseason, when I kind of identify that top tier, I might be more prone than ever to spend a higher pick on a quarterback than I have been in recent years, just because of the scar tissue from this season. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the idea that I might wait and be like, yeah, I'm going to get myself a Dak Prescott. I'll get him in round 12. If Dak just like falls off a cliff this year or is like what he was this year, which yeah. was okay, but certainly yeah, we'll not perfect. That. Right. Then it's like, wait, hold on. Like I could have just taken, you know, Josh Allen in the third round. And I get that like I'm bypassing a wide receiver, but 
there last year what we saw where there were far more wide receivers to break through than there were quarterbacks to break through until we got the Justin Fields and to a degree Trevor Lawrence yeah Trevor Lawrence breakout as well but anyways um, I will be more likely to draft a quarterback mm-hmm. early that's just going to be how I think I construct my roster next yeah. season yeah I'm, I'm with you I think it's easy to say well look at like Mahomes and Allen were great again and yep. if you reach on them that would have paid off that's true but you know, my counter is, you know, you could have waited a little longer for Jalen Hurts and there was Trevor Lawrence broke out and Geno Smith was the top five quarterback and Justin Fields was the best quarterback in fantasy for two months Fair. and Tua Tonga Viola was really good early. Like, yeah, you but had those the guys paths. we were talking about when we were saying to wait, like the players that we were right, talking about, you saying could you, wait that could work, though. That worked. I know, I that know, was a viable but strategy. That, but the players that we identified as like, all right, I'm going to wait you. until the 12th round and get myself a Russell Wilson, like, right. Matthew yeah. Stafford. you know, like, or a Matthew Stafford. No, yeah. Aaron Rodgers depreciated value because of, you know, the, the, the Monte Adam mm-hmm. that didn't work out for you. So I no, just think right. that there's a, you know, that there are, uh, there were far more questions than answers last year at quarterback, which is why I will probably act nervously. If you waited on quarterback and took all the guys that I didn't suggest, yeah. you would have You're done good, well, right? but the yes, guys that I suggested yes. you wait late on, that yeah. we I, I mean, on. but there were guys like Lawrence and fields and Tua who were going late, who you should have, t- if you took one of the veteran guys, like a Rogers will like, Sure. You were probably more likely to, to take a shot at one of those young guys. And if you did, you probably ended up okay. My my only point is this. I, I'm not not even saying you're wrong. I think if you take Josh Allen and whatever, what do you think in round two? Round uh, I was thinking round three is kind of the round, round three. I'm about this I think year. you're fine. Like, and I, I'm not going to push back. I think that's a viable strategy, but you can do it other ways. So, you know, I, I, I see course, so many yeah. people saying, I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm just taking an early quarterback. I don't care. Yep. You can win other ways. Like, there's as, and by the way, as we're going to get to here, you're going to kind of understand why, because you're going to see guys in this like six through 10 range who you're like pretty good. A lot of upside. Like, darn good, there's yeah. a lot of, yep. once these guys are healthy, there's a lot of good options here. So anyway, we'll, so we'll dive in. Let's, let's dive in. Let's I, see, dive in. I see three fringe guys here. One of them is outside the top 12. And then I, I think 12 and 11 are really interesting conversations. All right. So let's, okay. let's get to it then. Shall we do it? Like a, like a reveal. Yeah. A little bit players? of a real, let's start okay. at 12 though. Let's start at 12 and 12. I think Mike, do you want to kick this one off? Yeah, sure. So maybe a little, little, controversial here, but uh, I'm buying in a little bit on Tua Tonga Viola. So I've admit at 12 here, uh, had a really good season when he was on the field. Uh, we hope he gets fully healthy. Obviously he dealt with the concussion issues. We want him to get back to hundred percent this off season to be on the field. Uh, that's obviously our expectation right now, but look, he did, he did really good. 25 touchdowns, eight picks led the NFL in yards per pass attempt. Uh, remember the big knock on him was the conservative play, right? Can he throw the deep ball? He can't throw obviously far. he had Jalen Waddle. He had, they bring in Tyree kill and guess what? He can. He went from 37th out of 38 quarterbacks in average depth to throw to third out of 41 qualified quarterbacks. So he was pushing it down the field. If you exclude week four, that was the game where he left early uh, with an injury. QB seven in fantasy points per game had four top four weeks. So we saw that huge upside. The only real knock I see here is rushing. He had 70 rushing yards and 24 carries, no touchdowns. That's going to be a little bit of a limiting factor for me. Otherwise, I think there's going to be a lot of passing upside. Hill will be back. Waddle will be there. We'll see what else they add around him. But um, I'm still excited for him. I, I think he's a, a, a going to be a borderline QB1 again next year. I really have no counter for that other than we'll continue to monitor how he handles or how the, the concussion protocol course, unfolds. And I know that uh, those are difficult things to predict. And Stefania has much more informed mm-hmm, opinions mm-hmm. on these things. But... Obviously, it's very scary to think that if he suffers another concussion next year, could that have, uh, could that result in a prolonged absence? Mm-hmm. Stefania has cautioned us against making such conclusions, uh, but I think everybody uh, who is, you know, everybody's got the human aspect just, in yeah. mind, right? You can't not think about that with Tua, unfortunately. Yep, of course. So, yep. all right. Yeah. So, uh, and I'll, by the way, I think we should mention this, right? He he makes a cut at twelve here. 
we'll go to more. But guys who he beat out for the top 12 spot. Uh, do you want to do this now? Let's start, okay? start at 17. Yeah, anyway. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Trey I'm Lance. Fine with that. I'm fine with that. I have Trey Lance in there for now. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah. He'll probably drop if Purdy's a starter or if he doesn't get traded. Kirk Cousins, and then 13 was Daniel Jones. So that one, um, that I, I picked two over all those guys. I, I might I might like Daniel Jones more than yeah. I like might like Tua, but you know we're, it's early on. Yeah, yeah, and Daniel Jones, if they draft a first round wide receiver and sign yeah, someone yeah, in free yeah, agency, yeah. then all of a sudden Lots his stock change. will go up. But yeah. if they don't, or if you know they uh, they they let Saquon Barkley walk in free mm-hmm. agency and the offensive line gets work, whatever. There are various ways in which all of these players' rankings uh, and their value could change over the next five sure. months. Okay, yep. so you got Tua at twelve. Who do you got at eleven, Mike? All right, eleven. Uh, we're going with Dak Prescott, yep. who you talked about earlier. Uh, rough season. I mean, in a lot of, a lot of ways, the more I looked at him, you know, I I think late in the year, I spent a lot of time talking about, well, they're scoring all these rushing touchdowns. And the more I looked at that last night, when I was looking over Dak for the season, I'm like, you know, really wasn't that, that wasn't really the main issue. Only two weekly finishes better than QB eight, 15th or worse, six out of his 12 games. So he he hurt you a lot. If you started him, he didn't have many big weeks. He missed five games. He led the NFL in interceptions. Yeah. I don't think many people were he was number one in interceptions last oh, Cowboys season. Cowboys fans are very um, aware of that. Yeah. yeah. That's only because I think Matthew Stafford got hurt, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but, you know, speaking of Stafford slash pocket quarterbacks, uh, his rushing is trending down, too. That's yeah. another thing that's been problematic for Prescott, including this season when he was back to full health. Um, on the plus side, ninth in pass attempts in 2021. Eighth this season when uh, he was on the field. Yep. And now Kellen Moore's out. Mike McCarthy comes in. They called past 55% of the time this season. If you look at the last eight seasons, McCarthy was calling plays up there in Green Bay, 65%. That is a massive difference. If they start to lean a little bit more toward the pass, that could help Prescott out as well. So a couple, a couple of red flags here, but we've seen this. We've seen high-end production from Prescott in the yep. past. Should be a lot of passing with a fast-paced McCarthy offense, so I'm at least optimistic he'll be a back in QB1. Anything can happen, but it's going to be tough for them to keep both Zeke Elliott and Tony mm-hmm. Pollard, right. mm-hmm. at least if they don't cut other players. So if one of them moves on, it just stands to reason that the potent running attack won't be nearly as potent. And Really quickly, and I know we've had this conversation and it's not for right now, but you say they can't keep both of them, but I thought they basically can't move on from Ezekiel Elliott. So well, they, they need him to, yeah, yeah the, they could do what's called a post June one designation. Okay, so with if they, and then they Elliott split the cap and, and but sure. they don't get that cap relief until June 2nd. So that'd be the kind of money you would allot towards signing your draft class mm-hmm. and in season roster management and things of that nature. Uh, but it's going to hurt either way. If they move on from him, whether it's a post-June 1 designation or not, but if they keep him, Daniel, it might mean that they can't allocate four years and 48 million bucks or whatever it's going to cost to keep Tony keep, Pollard. Yeah. A lot can change, obviously, but won't be easy. Yeah, by the way, another thing on Dak really quick, uh, needs more help too. Like the inconsistencies at receiver were yeah, brutal this season. Past Lamb, uh, Dalton, and, yeah, yeah. Dalton Schultz is a free agent. I suspect they'll, they'll bring him back, but they need another reliable receiver. Michael Gallup just all over the map. You know, he Will just, they have money to it, bring him back? How much money what? is Dalton Schultz going to command? Uh, what's the tight end market? He'll get paid, like? but I, I think, think it's four years, fifty-four million bucks, not a penny less. Mm-hmm. The David and Joku contract, whatever that was, I said not that a penny out. less than that. If you want to, you want a penny more, maybe we can talk. Sure, but not a penny less. Wow. He's a more accomplished player than David and Joku was. Maybe and Joku mm-hmm. is a better athlete, et cetera, et cetera. But and at t- this juncture of his career, I think he's a more accomplished player. Schultz and Hawkinson are both t- uh, free agents this year, aren't no, they? Hawkinson, Hawkinson has one more year. Does he? He's playing a fifth-year option next year. Oh, that's right. That's right. All right. Here's what gets interesting. This I'm totally with yeah. you, Field. Mm-hmm. Breaking into the top 10, Mike Clay. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how you guys feel about this. So I'm going to Sean Watson here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
top eight score in his final two games. So he had that really slow start and the efficiency was terrible. 58% completion rate, 6.5 yards per attempt. He had 170 passes. It was, it was brutal, but he did start to pick it up late in the season. Um, but there are a couple of reasons why there's some optimism here. Uh, he was a top five quarterback, the three seasons prior to missing 2021, no lower than sixth in rushing yards, a quarterback in those three seasons. And the question is, did that continue this year? And the answer is yes. He was fourth during his six active weeks. So he's still running the ball a lot. And that's going to give him a much higher floor in fantasy. And remember, the last full season he played, he led the NFL in passing yards. He led it in yards per attempt. He had 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. We know, you know, we know the talent level is there. We know he can add value with his legs, a full season with this team. And they're going to probably add some more help this off season. Yep. I'm optimistic. He bounces back. So I'm, I'm maybe it's a little bit bold here, but uh, I think Watson has that top three upside and I'm willing to take a shot here at QB 10. Fully expect them to go shopping for a wide receiver this off season to play opposite of Amari Cooper. That will happen. It's more of a matter of when, Have not to. if in my opinion, but it's the trickiest evaluation of any of the quarterbacks that you have discussed so far. And I think any of the remaining players in your top 12, I don't have a perfect answer. I have gone back and watched Deshaun Watson's games so far or from Cleveland in his, what, six starts. Um, there are certainly some things that I could see improving with context and repetitions and stuff like that. And there are just some throws that you're just like, how on earth is, is Deshaun Watson throwing a ball in the dirt on like a simple, like, you know, in-breaking route that he should connect with 100 times out of 100. So my antenna is up a little bit, but I expect a bounce back in a pretty significant way. Feels like you get a pretty big discount on him, in all honesty, we'll see. with how, we'll see. how yeah. poorly he played at the end of last year. Yeah. And, you know, it, not the most likable guy always in, in, in fantasy leagues across the board. Like, sure. you know, it, it's a situation where some guys just don't aren't going to want to be in that Fair spot point. at some positions. And so, I don't know, interesting, really interesting to see what they do. Yeah, yeah. and some of this, I mean, a little bit of upside injected. I mean, you think <clears> about guys behind him, Prescott, Tua, Daniel Jones, Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins, Rodgers, like... How many of those guys have a top five ceiling right now? Not, it's you not know, at Watson all. Watson does. Same. They don't. You know. So yep. I mean, maybe maybe Tua does, but who knows? Maybe Sean Payton turns Russell Wilson around. It's possible, but he has that elite ceiling for sure. All right, breaking in right after that, another guy that absolutely Here's we already one. know has an elite ceiling. Yeah, we we saw it here for a while. We had a lot of fun with him on CSS DFS podcast. Yes, won us won us some money and our listeners' money throughout the season because we were buying into Justin Fields. Right, mm-hmm. he was terrific. Uh, top seven score in eight straight weeks from week six to fifteen. Missed a little time in there, but he was red hot. Took a actually led the NFL in sacks taken and fumbles. So he's going to have some things to clean up. Uh, off target rate, completion percentage, they've been problems. He needs to be a little bit more accurate. Obviously, the slow finish against the Bills and your Detroit Lions, which was a oh, shocker crazy, uh, in, in his final game. But let all quarterbacks in rushing yards, in yards per carry, with 67 scrambles, also at eight rushing touchdowns. We know he's going to deliver in that department. And he's going to have a better supporting cast. I mean, it, it couldn't have gotten much worse. He actually did not have Darnell Mooney for a chunk of the uh, yeah. season. Chase Claypool was barely playing. He's going to have both of them. He's going to have Cole Komet. We'll see what they do in the backfield. David Montgomery's a free agent, but they could still keep adding. I assume they'll draft someone or add another wide receiver to that room. So uh, not to mention improving the offensive line. So the, uh, the arrow is obviously pointing up and, you know, feel maybe you can uh, touch on this. I suspect he will be back with Chicago. There's been some rumblings, but, you know, could they prefer Bryce Young and, not and trade I, Justin Fields? I would be shocked if that happened, but I have. I think people here know, I talked about this with Nick Sirianni, also part of that sort of the mm-hmm. inaugural KC class was Ryan Poles. So him and I have a relationship. I don't think anybody who's listened to this podcast doesn't already know that, but 
I'm not, this is not for me talking to him and asking him, like, are you keeping Justin Fields or not? This is just me using logic. First of all, Justin Fields, like as much as a quarterback every year could become greater than a prior quarterback because we don't have proof of concept, like Justin Fields, you know what his floor is already, right? Mm -hmm. Like if this is what he is in year two, imagine what he could be with more improved pieces around him, Mm -hmm. more experience, like just getting better and better with age. He's like, what, 22-year-old quarterback, like, or 23-year-old quarterback? Like, I'm expecting Justin Fields to continue to grow tremendously as a player. And then more than anything, I've talked about this a ton, is that, like, the Bears just spent the entire year working to instill a culture. And they made a couple of veteran trades that were logical when Robert Quinn is 33 years old Mm -hmm. or whatever, and when Roquan Smith won't accept a deal to stay there long-term. Oh, by the way, do you really want to be paying off-ball linebackers at the top of the market? Or look at the two teams in the Super Bowl. How much do they pay their linebackers? The answer is pennies relative to the rest of their roster. So Justin Fields is a much different category than Robert Quinn and also Roquan Smith. But trading Justin Fields away after all the work you just spent this year to kind of establish what you had to me would be like, that would just be asking for it from your locker room. Mm-hmm. Your locker room would, would turn on you the minute that happened. That's I, my opinion. I, I don't think it would matter if you did that and they might turn on you short term, but if Bryce young is turns out to be better then it would be fine. It's kind of like Arizona. I mean, again, not the exact same circumstances. No, yeah. They moved on from Josh Rose and Brian and Kyle. Like we've seen it done before is my point. And obviously that worked out for them. But um, he's the guy, though. He is the guy I, in Chicago. Like, I don't know that yeah, Josh Rosen has nearly the leadership qualities that's where I was that going with Fields it. does. That's what right? I'm going like, with it. Like, he is somewhat established as a good player and potentially a great, great player. So it makes yeah. more it makes yeah. sense. To I'm, not, I'm not buying it. I, w- I would be surprised. I have no idea. I'd be surprised, though. I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but he was not just the number one rushing quarterback, but he was the seventh overall like top rusher in the league. Ridiculous. 1,100 rushing yards, more than Christian McCaffrey. Uh, like it, it's Second only most six, ever by a quarterback in oh, a season. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. unreal. Adding 70, oh, averaging 76 yards per game on the ground is like two, almost two passing touchdowns from everything that he does there. Yeah. Unreal what he, he is, does with his life. He's kind of on that Jalen Hurts trajectory so far. Um, maybe a step behind because he's missed more time, but he, you know, he looks like he could be that sort of on that, uh, player. If not, if not like Lamar Jackson type or, yep. you know, w- way more rushing than Josh Allen's bringing to the table. But a lot of, a uh, lot of appeal here for fields and fantasy. I would need to see, I want them just like they, the Eagles did and Howie Roseman did for Jalen Hurts. I want the bears to be able to give, Justin Fields' legitimate weapons. If he had an A.J. Brown mm-hmm. or a Devonta Smith yeah. to be able to do like Jalen Hurts, it's a big difference. Fans are going to be mad when they hear this. They may have acquired that player in Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. Chase Claypool, I get it, does not have the resume of A.J. Brown. His rookie year, we were talking about Chase Claypool as potentially the next great NFL wide receiver. His skill set is absurd. Mm-hmm. He can be really good. Now, they got to get things. They have to actually turn that into production. Yep. But I think the best version of Chase Claypool is a legit number one wide receiver in the NFL. And mm-hmm. I, I just, you can't afford to just go and pay a second. Like they just traded the 32nd pick for Chase Claypool. I'm not getting my hopes up to be like, oh yeah, here's, um, you know, like DeAndre Hopkins. I think the age is just different than the time frame. But even if like people have been mentioning and I'm not, I do not believe it's the case. But if Cincinnati were to ever entertain a T Higgins offer, like what are they going to trade for him? The first overall, you can't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati will not take, they're not going to be like, oh, we'll take a future first. They need help. If, if Cincinnati is going to ever trade, trade uh, T Higgins, they would need to get back things that could help them right, right away now. to replace yeah. T Higgins. So 
I think that uh, it's Chase Claypool. Maybe it's a free agent or a couple free agents. And then it's the draft. That's mm-hmm. where you find players that can be cost controlled and so beneficial going forward. Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep moving forward, Mike. Right after Justin Fields, you've got Kyler Murray. Yeah, this is a fun one, right? So uh, again, you know, he had the torn ACL. Obviously, things fell apart in Arizona, but he was good from a fantasy perspective this season. Probably a little under the radar. QB six in fantasy points per game through week 13 towards ACL in week 14. Uh, I'll touch more on that in a second, but you know, the efficiency for him really plummeted uh, yards per uh, completion, yards per attempt, average depth to throw near all near the bottom of the NFL, all easily career lows that all plummeted, but still he ran the ball a lot. Top five in carries, rushing yards and rushing touchdowns in his first three seasons was top 10 in all three of those this year. And that was even with that missed time, only 11 games. Uh, but there's two big things here. First of all, a coaching change, uh, in Arizona, we'll see who they land on. There's that's obvious. That's the one that's not locked down, right? Shane Steichen is going right to now. The, yeah, but that could Colts. change any moment. As it could it just, uh, yeah, it could I would tell you. <laughs> yeah, it could. So uh, we may, may figure that out. But even if they're going to hire a defensive coach, we do know that. So maybe, uh, yeah, and maybe. but we'll see who ends up calling the offense. But nonetheless, that shakeup should help things a little bit for Kyler Murray. But the big one, and obviously Stefani's going to be yeah. busy on this one throughout the offseason is will he play in week one could he start on pup list he's coming off the acl that's going to affect his ranking for now if him qba playing it kind of conservative yep. it's kind of a top five upside but you know yeah if he's if he's going to miss six weeks then we're going to be knocking him down like near 20 so right. uh, this is one we're just gonna have to monitor throughout the season but i still do think this is a guy that has uh, elite fantasy upside take it for what it's worth uh he was obviously or he is no longer the head coach but cliff kingsbury did say late last season like yeah we expect kyler to miss some time mm-hmm. going into next year so mm-hmm. that was the timeline at least when cliff was the head coach maybe things change with a new head coach but it seems at least plausible that uh, kyler will miss some period of time especially for a franchise that we expect to be a rebuilding one this offseason. That's just going to be a story to monitor. A lot of yeah. offseason news yeah. to be able to figure out Kyler Murray's part. value yeah. here for all of that. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll keep watching all that. All right, let's move on to number seven here. Yep. Uh, the same boat kind of here. Lamar Jackson, right? Uh, again, another guy who missed the last month or so of the season. QB five in fantasy points per game through week 12. He had the injury in week 13. Didn't yep. play again the rest of the year. Uh, I'm still top end in rushing. He You mentioned Justin Fields rushing yardage. Uh, only... Uh, he was the only one that had more than uh, Lamar Jackson last season with 755. He's been a top two quarterback in rushing yards all five seasons. His passing efficiency did drop off a little bit. I'm a little bit worried about durability, though. He's missed five games each of the past two yep. seasons, has there. zero full seasons as a starter. One of them, he sat week 17 a couple of years ago, so yep. fine, but hasn't played yep. a full season uh, exactly. New offensive coordinator coming to Baltimore. We'll see what that means, but it's Lamar Jackson. We know the skills he had. I, I, has, I, I want them to add at wide receiver. Uh, I almost feel bad for him. You know, like they're just like, Oh, we Marquise Brown. This is your guy. We're just going to get rid of him. Yeah. Like let's add a, let's add a alpha number one receiver to go along with Todd Bateman and Mark Andrews and let the guy have a, have a chance to throw the football here. Just wasn't a good plan this year, but uh, Lamar Jackson's still optimistic. Elephant in the room is of course, whether he's with the Ravens or not, certainly seems like he is bound for the mm-hmm. franchise tag at minimum. Yes. Uh, but we will see. It is perhaps the story that could define the NFL offseason because they haven't gotten a deal done up to this point. And he's now reached the point where he controls his fate on a year by year basis. Mm-hmm. From the outside, I feel like the Ravens were sort of weird with the idea that everything that happened with Lamar, right? Lamar getting hurt and then the whole end of the season. They never got him a, a serious pass catcher. You know, Rashad Bateman didn't work out yeah. the way that we thought he was going to. And the running backs were just injured. 
and sort of like churning through a bunch of like secondary guys the whole time. This offense never really had any full potential the way that we wanted yeah. it to. You know, yeah. all season long, there, it felt like there was always something. There's a disconnect. I know that don't, happens don't all me, year. Right? Like there's every- a there's an obvious disconnect. Like all is not well in the marriage between Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Remember the initial reporting on his injury was it could be one to three weeks, uh, mm-hmm. and then it turned into six weeks. Like. You know, you don't need to be a math major to figure out that uh, you know, things were not right. adding up there. You were a math major? Uh, well done. Uh, yeah, for yeah. a little bit. I, I was uh, s- I was a major of a few things okay. where I settled yeah. on wow. uh, accounting, Miller light, actually. Miller light yeah. major. Um, yes. I will say Mike, men- <laughs> Mike mentioned all the raw stats from last year. 43% of Lamar's production came in the first three games. So it was an mm-hmm. imbalanced season last year, even when he was healthy. Like 43%. Well, remember he had the six touchdown game and he was, or the, whatever it was, the game against Miami where I guess Tua had six touchdowns, but Lamar was equally brilliant from a fantasy perspective. So uh, the consistency was not where you want it to be, but it's hard. I mean, he's the best running quarterback ever by far. And uh, that builds in a floor that is just absurdly, absurdly mm-hmm. valuable. All right. Top six. This is where it gets fun for me. I think five and six is going to be really exciting. Let's talk about yep. this at six. You've got Mail. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Herbert's an interesting one. Uh, kind of a disappointing fantasy campaign for sure. But he did have eight top 10 fantasy weeks. That was fifth most. Right. Yep. So he did have uh, still had that upside that QB one playability. Um, but we have to look in why he dropped off overall. Right. He fell from QB two in 2021 up there with Mahomes and Allen all the way down to QB 11. Why he was still second in pass attempts, completions and passing yards both seasons. So passing production still there, but he didn't play with like Keenan Allen for like, he he didn't miss, he didn't miss him, but still the passing numbers in those departments were high, but the difference was passing touchdowns fell from 38 to 25. And he he had more than two passing touchdowns in one of his final 16 games after that injury early in the season against the chiefs, the passing touchdowns were not there. And also Rushing, he fell from 302 yards and three touchdowns to 147 yards and zero touchdowns, which again, you might think maybe that is health related, but that started even in weeks one and two when he had like five total rushing yards and then he got healthier late in the year and still was not running. So that bothers me a little bit. Uh, still a very effective player. Yeah. You, um, I know that they, the rumor is they want to run the ball more, a more balanced offense with Kellen Moore in and Joe Lombardi out. Yeah. But I, it, it's a tough one because he is really... He's a top five quarterback. He's one of the best in the business. And I think he will bounce back. I'm, yeah. I'm buying into a rebound because he is so good. It's funny that you mentioned that Kellen Moore might want to run the ball more. I'm actually more bullish on Justin Fields with this, with, with excuse me, Justin Herbert with this, this coordinator change. I oh, I agree with that. I think it yeah. really like, uh, I think he was being held back in prior years. Uh, many people have pointed this out uh, and maybe it's in part because of the receivers that they have. Keenan Allen, not a speed demon, but so much of their game over the past three seasons has been think and dunk. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's let it rip a little bit. You have one of the strongest arms in the league, one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the league. Like move the pocket a little bit, let him do work, let him be. No one's be Patrick Baum, but let him improvise a bit here. I'm I am bullish on Justin Herbert. Not like, hey, he needs to be higher than where Mike has him, but that this is like a satisfyingly reasonable ranking at sixth amongst quarterbacks. I really wish that. Joshua Palmer would have done more while Keenan Allen was out. And I think that like in theory that could have helped here, you know, as a part of this, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. it was a disappointing down year for uh, based on my expectations for yeah. where Justin Herbert yeah, landed. And Mike Williams was in and out. And by the way, Keenan Allen might be cut. You know, we don't we'll know see. for sure. Yeah. He's going to be back. His yeah. contract needs to be restructured or they'll probably 
uh, make a cut. That's been rumored already. This offseason. And so yep. we'll we'll see if they try to add a more vertical element to that offense. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one for sure. But uh, by the way, I'm agree. I agree with you. The pass attempts might be down a little bit in yep. this more offense, but maybe they're more efficient and score more touchdowns. Right? I mean, Herbert is has the talent to be a top three quarterback. We saw that just the year yep. prior. So absolutely, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic here. But again, a little worried about the rushing. I yeah. almost hope that was just from the injury and that bounces back. We've seen that before. We saw Joe Burrow this year, where we're yeah. about to talk about make the leap yeah. in ter- terms of rushing production uh, after a year he was coming off an injury. So we'll see how that plays out. But that's really the only thing I'm worried about. We've talked about to be determined coordinator hires. We just got one as the Raven just announced they hired Todd Munkin as their offensive oh, okay. coordinator right. to pair with Lamar Jackson or somebody else. Uh, Munkin, of course, has previously worked in the NFL. He was Tampa most Bay, recently yeah. at Georgia. His pro days uh, spent time with the uh, the Buccaneers amongst other franchises. So uh, that is a new coordinator who replaces, of course, Greg Roman, who is now interviewing for the commander's job. There are a few coordinator gigs that are still open and we'll see whether some of them are filled or not. Will Indy hire an offensive coordinator as an example there? Will Carolina hire an offensive coordinator as an example? There are a few different moving parts here. I'm, I'm very curious to see what Baltimore does. I mean, Greg Roman had a lot of history with, you know, like Tyrod Taylor and, and yep. like, uh, quarterbacks who ran the ball a lot and he instituted that with Baltimore and it worked pretty well. And last offseason, they kind of made a decision to go tight end heavy and run yep. the ball more. I'm curious now if they switch and say, look, look what the Eagles just did with a, a really good running quarterback. They added good targets around him, a good O-line, and that offense was elite this year. I, I'm curious to see what route Baltimore goes. So we'll yep. keep an eye on that. All right, I'm going to let you guys handle the the last five. I got a, dip. I got a very special visitor. I'm going to shout. His name is Isaiah. He's coming to visit us here at ESPN. That's right. He's an incredible young man who has just done so much for the community of Plainville. I'm so excited to have him here at ESPN. So I'm going to dip out because we're going to go meet in a couple of minutes. You guys got this. And frankly, the show probably is better, which the two of you. Well, that's not true. Here. That's not true, but yeah, it's uh, debatable. Hey. There are a couple of schools of thought there. So, all right, crush it. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, my thoughts on Mike's top five is that it's perfect. That's yeah. All right, let's talk about this, Mike, because top number five is really interesting to me. You've got Trevor Lawrence, who we talked about taking the next step this year and now heading into 2023 all the pieces that they added to that team plus let's not forget calvin ridley will be yes, with them next year so trevor lawrence at five why do you have him where you have yeah him? this is a little bold but uh, i'm gonna leave him here for now uh very boom bust yeah. in this breakout season for him seven top six weeks so we saw that upside six finishes outside the top 20 that makes me a little bit nervous but look top 10 and dropbacks pass attempts completions passing yards passing touchdowns carries rushing yards and rushing touchdowns that's, that a, lot, that's a lot that's of like every fantasy category yeah. right uh top 10 in <laughs> all of them this season and he still you know he was a you know a really good fantasy quarterback dealt with the most drops yep. in the nfl to your point now brings in calvin ridley christian kirk and zay jones are both under contract uh, we expect Evan Ingram to be re-signed. He has Travis Etienne. He has Doug Peterson yep. calling the play. I mean, there's Lots a lot of reasons for optimism here with Lawrence. Absolutely. Really excited about Trevor Lawrence. Excited to see what happens with him heading into next year. All right. You mentioned Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow comes in at number four with this Bengals offense. It feels like it's a fairly safe spot to have. Yeah, this, I, this is a guy I was wrong about last offseason. I'll, I'll take that one, you know, on the chain. I mean, saying he was going to regress in the in the efficiency metrics was exactly correct. I mean, his yards per attempt went from 8.9 to 7.4. Completion percentage was down a little bit, but he still had the passing volume, was top five in pretty much all them categories. 
35 passing touchdowns. Great. And nine top 10 fantasy weeks. That was fourth most. So he was outstanding. But the, the difference really was rushing, right? And I just I just alluded to that earlier. He started running the ball more, uh, jumped from 118 yards and two touchdowns to 257 and five touchdowns. That was almost 32 fantasy points. That would kind of offset the drop in efficiency. So uh, he's he's uh, delivered. He is the real deal. He is a yeah. top five fantasy quarterback. I'm, I'm totally with you on that, especially with the weapons and everything that Good he call, has around yeah. him. It is fantastic. All right, let's dive into the top three. I'm just going to let you unveil the this top is three. Easy. Is it easy? Because I feel like you oh, could maybe go the in, order now. Yeah, but the order the you could go in so yeah. many different directions. But yeah, the names are very simple. Yeah, so I'm going Jalen Hurts here at three. Uh, a top <gasps> six score in eight straight weeks before the injury was QB1. Yes. On a points per game basis at 25.2. He was awesome. Led all quarterbacks and carries with 13 rushing touchdowns, with 20 carries inside the five. Check this out. 14.5 expected touchdowns and 20 carries inside the five. Only your boy, Jamal Williams, had more. So that's, yes, including running backs. That's, yeah, that's how involved crazy. he was at the goal line. It's incredible. Uh, also, the passing efficiency, 8.0 yards per attempt. That was fifth best, so it was he was delivering through the air. Wow. And on the ground, the offensive line is pretty much going to be fully intact. I We'll see if Jason Kelsey returns, but... Uh, they, that should mostly be back and be good to go. Lane Johnson will be healthy. They're going to have Devontae Smith. They're going to have A.J. Brown. They're going to have Dallas Goddard. We'll see what they do in the backfield, but it's pretty much going to be the same offense. Yeah. Aside of, uh, obviously, the the play caller, Shane Steichen, goes to uh, Indianapolis, but they already have a, a replacement lined up internal. So I expect more of the same from Jalen Hurts. And if you want to make him the first pick, a quarterback, no qualms with that at all. I've, yeah, I've talked with Liz about this a little bit, and it's trying to be able to figure out who do you like at one and why? Where do you feel a little bit more conviction? Yeah. One of the things about Jalen Hurts, I don't want to say I'm worried about is, but those 13 rushing touchdowns, are you going to see any touchdown regression? Because what he did as a quarterback on the mm. goal line is something that he's the only guy doing that, right? Yeah. So so how does that look into next year? Do they keep on doing this because it's been working, or do they try to find other ways to be able to utilize other people on their team? I, I suspect I'll project 10 or 11. You 11. Know, maybe a slight... <laughs> A slight decrease, but you're right. I mean, it's just part of their offense. They run the ball at the goal line. That's a play they have uh, in the book. So unless there's some like rule change at the owners meetings where they disallow that play where everyone just pushes the guy in the end zone, unless that happens, I see no reason why they wouldn't do that all next season. Yep. All right. Well, then that leaves us with with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes as the last two. Who do you have at number two? Well, disrespecting Geno Smith. You don't think he's a candidate here? here for well, a top I noticed for- Jared Goff also didn't make it, so maybe <laughs> yeah. he is Geno and Jared at the top. I <laughs> maybe it could be. Uh, no, it's Patrick Mahomes. I'm going with him at two. Uh, his floor, I didn't even realize how good his floor was. You know what his worst weekly finish was of the season? The entire season. I don't. 13th. Wow. So he was a worst case scenario was a borderline. Well, yeah, it was QB 13. Worst, that was worst case scenario. Uh, that was in week two as well. So you got the 13th out of the way in week two. Then he was basically QB one every week the rest of the season. 5,250 passing yards. That's a career high. Also led the NFL. NFL high, 41 passing touchdowns. That's a most since he had 50 in 2018. Career high in rushing touchdowns with four, as if that wasn't enough. He has two, at least two in every season. He's been a starter. At least 60 carries and 300 rushing yards in three straight seasons. He does it all. I mean, the guy has such a high floor, such a high ceiling. His his skill, guys, his pass catchers, could potentially be better next season, yes. depending on what they do. Sky Moore, Canarius, Tony, if they advance a little bit, they could still add someone that's potentially an improvement on, on Juju Smith-Schuster. If they don't bring him back, he's a free agent. Travis Kelsey will be back. I mean, it could really be better because yeah. it was kind of a patchwork group this year and it worked out extremely well. It feels like, and again, I said this to Liz last episode, it feels like the floor for Patrick Mahomes 
I'm expecting 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns basically every single year for the rest of his career because we've just seen it. So young, within the early stages of his career, he's had such success and been so fantastic in a pass-happy league that that just feels, and I don't know, it's unfair to be able to say that's at the floor, mm-hmm. but 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns is every single year feels like, yeah, Mahomes should yeah. should be able to get there. No, no, no doubt about it. He's at that point in his career right now where kind of like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, where it didn't necessarily matter if it was, you know, Austin Colley or Reggie Wayne, like, it, like the supporting cast wasn't, you know, they go like Peyton Manning would go from like Dallas Clark to Jacob Tammy, you know, like. It didn't really matter. They, yeah. he's, they were at their peak and the skill guys around them didn't matter. They were still going to put up their numbers, right? So uh, I feel like that with Mahomes and he proved that this season, yep. right? Going from Tyreek Hill to the patchwork group uh, and, and it worked out great. So no doubt about it. You take him, you're just going to feel good about quarterback each and every week. 100%. And then the last one, that means that you've got Josh Allen as a still QB1. I do. I have him at, uh, I have him number one, 13 top 10 fantasy weeks that tied Patrick wow. Mahomes for most in one last game. So he actually, you know, he sat out a game, still uh, matched Mahomes in that category. He was QB1 the prior two seasons. So being QB1, QB1, and then had he played every game, he would have been QB1 again. It's hard not to rank Josh Allen number one. Uh, big dip, by the way, in what? Good. I was just going to say he, he was QB one. Uh, I mean, what, what, what did he finish as this year? Two. And it but felt he would have like, been one if he played the last it, game. It felt like even finishing as QB two. I was disappointed with Josh. Well, Allen I was just going to say, that's where I was going next. Uh, pass attempts were down by 80 from the prior year. Completions down by 50 yards down by 124. Actually the same number of total touchdowns, uh, passing plus receiving, but his yards per pass attempt went up. You know, like I talked about that a little last off season, his efficiency, was down quite a bit. 6.8 YPA in 2021 was like a, a, a bit of a red flag. That kind of bounced back, dealt with actually the most drops. The Bills had the most drops in the really? NFL this past season, still overcame all of that. Uh, his rushing lines the last two years, almost exactly the same. You look at carries, yardage, uh, touchdowns, almost exactly the same number. So he's just doing a lot with his legs on top of all that passing volume. He's never finished lower then fourth at quarterback and carries third in rushing touchdowns or second in expected touchdowns, exactly second in carries inside the five. Every season he has been a starter. Uh, he, you know, he does it all. He is, a, he is Literally such a high floor because of his rushing yeah. ability and they, they love to throw the football. Um, and I, and again, I mentioned this with Mahomes. his skill guys should be better mm-hmm. next season, right? They had some serious problems and inconsistencies to the point that they called Cole Beasley out of retirement and had him out there running, uh, routes for them, but you're gonna have Stefan Diggs, and then I think they tried to improve around him. Obviously, it didn't work out with Jamison Crowder. Isaiah McKenzie was was fine. Gabriel Davis was a disappointment. Dawson Knox disappeared for months to start the season. Yep, that's gonna change this year. I think they'll address that and get him some better targets, and that should just help things. We got any post sleeper hype on Gabe Davis? The I, idea. That- I mean, yeah, if, if he falls a little bit, and we'll we'll see where he ends up. I one of the bigger shocks. He just was in perfect position. That shows you how hard fantasy is, right? Dude. Perfect position for a breakout. It should have been easy and it just didn't happen. You tell me that Josh Allen finishes his QB two again after what I saw Gabe Davis do the final four games of last year. And it's like, oh man, I'm just in my head, man. He's got to be a part of that yeah. offense. Him, him and Stefan Diggs must be doing it, but mm-hmm. it just did not work out this year. Really great list. Mike Clay, is there some place if people wanted to read this list that they could go online and read about a bunch of stuff uh, about it? That's a good question. My rankings are on the site, so you can check them over, go check, out the uh, check them out for free over at ESPN.com and uh, more content to come. Obviously it's free agency. It's going to shake things up. We'll keep updating these throughout the off season. We'll get our consensus ranks up on the site as well. Uh, already doing some early work on 
the projection model for next yep. season. So we'll get projections out at some point. Love that. Get them in the game. So uh, it's, I mean, as soon as the Super Bowl ends, it's just like, really, as soon as the fantasy Super Bowl happens, like yeah. week 17, it's on to the next Looking year. Looking ahead to Starting next year. that prep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I'm always looking forward to it. It's like a fresh slate. Yes, to it start is. Start over and look forward to the next season. As a Lions fan, I'm used to fresh slates and I love them. Yeah, I'm you excited. like this time of the year. Yeah, Except for yeah. you, got to be feel good now. I for feel best in a long time. Heading in, right? absolutely. I I am going to heading into this offseason, going to find a futures bet on Lions being able to make the playoffs, make a playoff mm-hmm. push. Some of these things, I think that there's at least hopefully the next step. The only issue I have with that is I feel like there's going to be a lot of hype. They're going to be everyone's sleeper be a lot of team. Hype. You're right. And they might be. You're right. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, could they be the favorite in that division? Depending don't, on how free agency goes. Don't I, put that evil I on see me. It. Don't I do see it. All right, this is going to be our final video show for the regular season. Heading into the offseason, we're going to be doing two audio shows a week, one on Tuesday and one on Thursday. So we will be back with you next Tuesday. Again, audio only throughout the offseason. We'll let you know when we come back with video. Hopefully, we'll have some fun things to be able to bring to you. But follow everybody on social media, at Field Jates, even though he left early, at Mike Clay NFL. I am at Daniel Dopp. We love you guys. And on behalf of everybody from Fantasy Focus, don't forget to love each other. Please be kind to yourself today. And we can't wait to see you next week. We'll see you on Tuesday. Peace. Is now a good time to trash talk Field? I think so. Here, right? Fields, did you see Fields' list of top quarterbacks? It's oh. probably, probably terrible. Probably Sam all. Ellinger was in there. If Mitch Trubisky was definitely on it. Absolutely. About him. Yes. Oh. Carson Strong. drove to work neither guy wore a seatbelt one guy got a ticket one guy didn't the same two guys drove home one guy wore a seatbelt one guy didn't one guy made it home the guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't don't risk it click it or ticket paid for by NHTSA